You know, sometimes it's easy to read a Christmas story and to hear it and to sort of get it mixed up as to exactly what happened and even more who came and why he came. The Bible tells us over in the book of Isaiah that the Lord Jesus came to be a shepherd to us. And the reason he came to be a shepherd to us is that we are sheep and we need a shepherd. We are like sheep and we need a shepherd. And Jesus came to be that shepherd. If you turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. As you turn there, allow me to give you some of the historical background and some of the role of shepherds in those days. Now, I've said to you before, whenever we look at the Old Testament, written by Hebrews, primarily to Hebrews, the Hebrews loved word pictures. The way they communicated was primarily through word pictures. And the word picture that Isaiah is going to use here straight out of his day is that of shepherding. Shepherds had the responsibility to feed, lead, tend, and give oversight to their flocks. And anywhere you went in Palestine, it was just common every day to see shepherds and their flocks of sheep out there in the fields. They had to provide water and food in an environment that often withheld such from them. It was pretty well known that shepherds would stay always within a 20-mile radius of a good water source to make sure they could get water to their sheep. They had to create balance in the life of their sheep. They worked their flocks and sought to make sure that every sheep stayed connected to the flock. The shepherd did not want his sheep to wander off and become disconnected to the flock because the shepherd worked in connection and in such a way with the flock itself. And so the shepherd was always at work trying to make sure all of his sheep stayed together in the flock. The rest of the sheep, the peace, the rest that that shepherd had, and those sheep had, was due to the protective nature and presence of the shepherd. He protected them from outsiders and provided, of course, for their needs. Shepherds were known for how resourceful they could be and for how well they were able to adapt to the circumstances that they were in, whether it was weather, the terrain. The terrain could be everything from a desert environment to the mountains and valleys of Palestine. And so they had to constantly adapt to the situations that they were in. Now, what we have here in Isaiah is prophecy, and it is prophecy with a twofold aim. The first is for the nation of Israel at that particular time in history when the people were coming back from Babylonian exile. They had been in exile literally for decade after decade, as we saw in the book of Daniel. And now they are coming back to the land of Israel back home. And so this is prophecy welcoming them back to the land. But as also is the case of prophecy, it is looking way forward in history in the future to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 40, and we're going to begin with verse 9. And my sermon outline is contained in your Rocky Mount Connection that hopefully you received when you came in today, and you can follow along with that. Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good news, lift it up, fear not, say to the cities of Judah, behold your God, behold the Lord God comes with might, 
and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And notice it says, verse 9, it speaks of a voice. Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. This voice is going up on the mountain, and as there's a mountain, huge mountain at Jerusalem, and yelling out over the mountains and over the hills that surround Jerusalem and the valleys that surround Jerusalem to announce that the exiles are on their way back home. All those families, all those people who were in exile for generation after generation under Babylonian and then Persian captivity, they are now coming back to Jerusalem and back to Judah, back to the land of Israel. Verse 10, it says, As his arm rules for him. The idea there of the arm ruling is a metaphor that means there's strength that they have, strength in battle. There is authority. God has the strength to bring His people back, and He has the authority to bring His people back. He has accomplished a victory on behalf of His people, and God has done what no one thought could be done. That is, He defeated Babylon, He defeated the Persian Empire, and God is now bringing His people back. And then it moves into these word pictures of the shepherd. There is so much about how shepherds worked with their sheep. I'm just going to highlight a few of them and how the Lord Jesus Christ in coming carries out in our lives the work of the great and the good shepherd. First of all, how does a shepherd tend his flock? Well, the terrain on which the shepherd had to work was one that was filled with thirst. In other words, it was very easy for the sheep to become very thirsty because so much of it was arid and desert-like. It was an area of fugitives, and that is that the shepherd always had to be on the lookout because there were folks out there that wanted to harm flocks, attack them. In fact, it was known often that he would bring the sheep into a fold at nighttime which was a small, usually either into a cave or into a walled area, a small walled area, maybe up to about your waist. And he would literally lie in the doorway, so you had to go through the shepherd to get into the fold. But the thieves were known in those days to come, and what they would try to do is come over that small wall, get into the fold, and kill as many as the sheep as they could, as quickly as they could, so then they could take the sheep that they had killed and take them back over the wall and out. So the shepherd had to be on guard constantly for those thieves that might come. Again, there was mountains and valleys all over the place. And the growth and the condition of the flocks depended on the care, the attentiveness, and the skill of the shepherd. He had to make sure that they had a balance of food, water, and rest in their lives. And their rest was the state of security they had that came from the protective care of the shepherd. Those sheep had rest because they knew that they were under the care of the shepherd. And because they trusted the shepherd and they followed closely with the shepherd and they kept their eyes on their shepherd and they knew that their shepherd was there, they saw his presence, they felt his presence, they followed his presence, they looked for the presence of their shepherd, that's where their rest came. Their rest did not come because they worked to try to create their rest. 
Their rest came in the security of their shepherd. How foolish and stupid it would have been for a sheep to try to create their own rest. They wouldn't have understood the terrain they were on. And if they tried to create their own rest, they would have fallen down into mountain passes. They would have gotten swept away in streams. If they tried to create their own rest, they would have become victim of the thieves that were trying to kill them. If they tried to create their own rest and their own balance in their lives, they would have been running all over the place trying to find how to eat. In fact, it's very well known that sheep have this bad habit of getting in a field and they stay in a field forever until there's literally nothing but little nubs there. They eat everything down to the ground till there's nothing left. And so the shepherds move them and rotate them constantly from one field to the next to make sure they've got enough food to eat. They don't have enough sense to know that if you go into a rushing stream, there's a good chance you're going to get pulled down by it. So that's why from the 23rd Psalm, it says, He leads me beside what? Still waters, so that they don't get caught up in a stream, etc. So they were that dependent upon the shepherd. And when he says here that he's going to come like a shepherd to us, folks, we don't create our own peace. We have the joy and the opportunity of living in the peace of Jesus. A peace that He brings to our lives. So many of us live in so much anxiety and fear because we're trying to create our own peace. We are working 24 hours a day trying to control life and keep the peace and the balance in life. And we end up as basket cases because we're doing that. And Jesus said, my peace I give you. My well-being I give you. My wholeness I give you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John chapter 14. And isn't it wonderful that we can look to Jesus for our peace, and we can live not in our self-produced peace, but in the peace that Jesus gives No matter what you deal with in life, you and I can deal with it and move through it and encounter it with the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. His peace. What kind of peace was it? It was a peace that knew what it was to walk through the crowd in his hometown when they tried to throw him off of a hill and do away with him. It was the peace that was able to look people that were faced with and filled with demons and filled with demonic possession and the power of darkness and look at that and knew that he had the power over what he was looking into. What kind of peace is that? It was the peace that looked at sick, emaciated bodies and was at peace knowing that he could bring peace to those bodies in his healing power. What kind of peace was it? It was the peace that took him to the cross and enabled him to hang on the cross for those three hours going through all that he went through in perfect peace and saying this is my hour and I am accomplishing it and it is the peace of three days later when he rose again from the dead the peace of knowing that he had conquered everything that had been thrown against him that is the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ and that is the peace that he wants to give us and wants us to live in if we will just recognize him as our shepherd The peace of God. Now, the control of the flock. How did the shepherd control his flock? It wasn't because he walked around with a staff and a rod and beat the life out of them. It wasn't because he screamed at them. He controlled them by his voice. By a calm, steady, strong voice. Because they, the sheep, knew the voice of their shepherd. In fact, they knew the voice of their shepherd different from any other voice of any other shepherd and anybody else. 
Those of you that have got animals, after a while you watch, your animal will recognize your voice above any other voice. And they will respond to your voice different than the voice of anyone else. And folks, this idea when he says he's going to be our shepherd is we just got to learn to hear his voice. We just have to learn to hear the voice of Jesus. The problem is never that he's not speaking. The problem is we've got to learn to hear and distinguish his voice. And if we will learn to hear the voice of Jesus deep in our souls, to discern the voice of Jesus, he's speaking. The shepherd was known for his adaptability. In other words, when a shepherd walked out in the morning and it was a beautiful day, no adapting there. But when the shepherd walked out or he was caught out in a storm, he knew how to adapt immediately to the storm and to taking his sheep through the storm. Whatever the situation, if a wild animal came up, he adapted immediately. Whatever the terrain was that he was on with them, he knew how to adapt immediately. But follow me on this. The sheep's ability to adapt to the situation they were in was based upon the adaptability of the shepherd. I'm going to say that again. The ability of the sheep to adapt to the situation that they were facing was entirely based upon the adaptability of their shepherd. In other words, they didn't have to look at a change of circumstances and freak out and say, I can't adapt to this. They just looked to their shepherd and watched how the shepherd adapted immediately to it, and then they followed the shepherd. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing that is so many of us in life get so messed up and so filled with anxiety because we are constantly trying to figure out how to adapt to the situation of our lives. I didn't plan on this happening. I didn't look for this to happen. If there is any way any of us could describe 2020 is that this has been a year that none of us planned on. Every once in a while, my mind goes back to 2019 with long, wonderful memories about what 2019 was like and how I'd like to go back to 2019. It didn't seem so bad after all because we have had to adapt and adapt and adapt this year. And every time you turn around, something else is changing. And what he's saying here is that as our good shepherd, he adapts. And what we have to do is follow his adapting. Instead of us freaking out about how we're going to adapt, how is Jesus, as our shepherd, adapting to the situation? He does not freak out about the situations. The shepherds knew how to adapt. They were resourceful, and they adapted, and the sheep were okay as long as they adapted to the situation. The eastern shepherds led their sheep, but it was interesting how they would lead them. Sometimes they would lead in front of the sheep. Sometimes they would lead walking right beside the sheep. And sometimes they would lead from behind. Now catch this. If you saw an eastern shepherd in those days, you'd see him in one of three places. But the direction where he was located with his sheep is what he was trying to accomplish with his sheep. Let me say that again. Where you saw the sheep and where you saw the shepherd in relationship to the sheep was what he was trying to accomplish. 
If the shepherd was out in front of the sheep, the sheep didn't have a clue as to where they were going. And so they had to follow the lead of the shepherd. If the shepherd was walking right beside the sheep, what he was trying to communicate there was, I am right beside you. And if the shepherd was in the back of the sheep, the sheep already knew where they were headed. But the shepherd was in the back of the sheep trying to make sure that if any one of them strayed away from the flock, he would correct them and bring them back to be with the flock. And you see, sometimes Jesus is out in front of us saying, follow me in this direction. You're going somewhere where you've never been before, and you've got to keep your eyes on me. You've got to listen to me because we're headed into new territory. Sometimes he's right beside us because he's saying, you know where you're going. You know where I'm leading you, but you need to be aware of my presence. If you are not totally in touch with how close I am to you, you're going to miss where we're going. And sometimes we know where to go, but we got this tendency, all of us do, of wandering off and getting ourselves in trouble. We stray from where we're supposed to be. And in those cases, Jesus says, you know where you're supposed to go. You know where I've led you. You know where I've pointed you. But you're over here doing your own thing. So guess what? I'm going to come over here and I'm going to get you back with the flock and get you in the direction of where you're supposed to be going. And let me mention to you here... That one of the things the shepherd was always doing, as I said earlier, was trying to keep the sheep with the flock. This business that we've gotten into in American Christianity where we think we can do our own thing apart from the body of Christ is nothing but a lie of the devil. Because that is not what his will is. That's not what he's designed to do. Now let me ask you this question. So many times people say, well, I just don't want to be connected to the church or the body of Christ because those people are a bunch of hypocrites and they screwed up and they're messed up and I just get it done. Have you ever been with a group of sheep? Or any kind of animals, they're in a group, and all of them smell the same way and act the same way. When we were in Richmond a few weeks ago uh, for a week uh, taking care of my mother, we uh, put my dog out at a, a place out here with Jim Rose. It works great with, with dogs, and we put him out there for the week. And Reggie was out there playing in the mud with him for the week, and having a good time and all that. But can you imagine if my dog, when I went, went up there, said, I don't associate with those other dogs because they smell too much like a dog. And they act too much like a dog. And they bark too much like a dog. So I don't want to have anything else to do with those other dogs. I'd have looked at my dog and said, are you crazy, Reggie? You are a dog. You smell like one. You bark like one. You talk like one. You act like one. And this is what I've noticed we, we tend to do. When we say, I don't want to part, be with the church. I don't want to hang out with God's people. I don't want to be with this. They're all a bunch of hypocrites, and they're all screwed up, et cetera, et cetera. They smell bad. They bark bad. They talk bad. And the whole time we're trashing them, what's wrong? We're not listening to how much we bark. We're not aware of how bad we smell ourselves. We as messed up and screwed up how many times as the people we're criticizing. We've just chosen not to look at how messed up and bad we are. Jesus says, I want you to be connected to the whole flock because that's where I work. Now, the shepherds were fascinating that they knew their sheep by name. They named all their sheep. Some of them even gave particular pet names to their sheep. And they knew when one of their sheep was missing. In the Lebanon district over in the Middle East, a shepherd was asked if he always counted his sheep each evening. And he replied by saying no. And then he was asked, well, how do you know all your sheep are present if you don't count them each evening? He says, well, 
If you were to put a cloth over my eyes and bring any sheep and only let me put my hands on its face, I could tell you in a moment if it was my sheep or not. That's how well the shepherds knew the sheep, the very texture of the sheep's face. When H.R.P. Dickerson visited the Arab desert Arabs, he witnessed an event that revealed the amazing knowledge that some of them have of their sheep. One night after dark, an Arab shepherd began to call out one by one the names of his 51 mother sheep. and He was able to pick out each one's lambs and restore it to its mother. To do this in the light would have been a feat, but this was done in complete darkness and in the midst of the noise that was coming from the other sheep crying for the lambs and the lambs crying for their mother. That's how well the shepherds know their sheep. And Jesus knows us as individuals. As much as a shepherd knows how different and unique every sheep is, Jesus knows us in the uniqueness of who we are and in the uniqueness and place of where we are in the journey of life. And he meets us in that place. Shepherds often had to take their sheep across streams. And this is fascinating to me. When a shepherd led the way to lead his sheep across a stream, the first thing the shepherd would do is wade into the water himself. So the sheep would be on the bank, and they would watch the shepherd wade into the water and wade through the water and go up on the bank on the other side. This is how the sheep got across. If the sheep were doing what they were supposed to be doing, they stayed as close to the shepherd as they possibly could. So as the shepherd went down into the water, the sheep are right there with him. As the shepherd goes through the water, the sheep would be right there with him. And so when the shepherd came up on the other side, the sheep would follow him. So that as close as they could stay to that shepherd, they stay to that shepherd and follow the shepherd and they would get across. Now some sheep were known for not having the confidence that they should have had in the shepherd. In fact, they had more confidence in themselves than they did in the shepherd. So what some sheep do is they will hesitate to get in the water with the shepherd. They will hesitate to stay close to the shepherd as he goes through the stream. So they wait till the shepherd gets over on the other side and then they get into the stream. And often when that happens and they are not really close to their shepherd, they get caught up in the current and taken down the stream. When that happens, shepherds are known to jump into the stream, into the river, and to go where the sheep is and pick the sheep up and bring him back up on the shore to safety. Now, folks, the imagery of that cannot be clearer. When it says that He is our shepherd and He will comfort us as a shepherd, there are some streams that all of us have to go through in life. We don't want to go through those streams often. We don't choose to. But the Lord says you've got to go through the stream. And what is He saying to us by this shepherd in Imagery. He's saying, listen, when you get out into that stream that you didn't want to go into, stay close to me. Stay glued to me. And if you stay close to me, 
We're going to get through this stream together, and I'll get you onto the other side. You've got to have more faith and confidence in me as your shepherd, Jesus says, than you've got in yourself. But if you screw up and you mess up and you decide you're going to hesitate and you're going to stay up on the shore and wait till I get to the other side and then you get in not knowing what you're doing and you get caught up and you get swept down, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to go after you and I'm going to get you back up on the shore because that's what I do as your shepherd. That's how much I love you and I am committed to you. And folks, all of us have got some streams that we're going to have to go through in life. And he says, I'm going to be with you when you go through that stream. Just stick close to me. The only thing the sheep had to do to get across the stream was not be an expert in swimming. They had to be an expert in sticking. If you stuck close to your shepherd, you were okay. And folks, for us going through life, we don't have to be an expert in swimming the stream. we got to be an expert at sticking close to Jesus. And if we could be an expert at sticking close to Jesus and staying with Him, we will get through the stream. And the final stream that we have to face in this life is the stream, the river of death. And when it comes down to that, the issue is not how cold the water is or how fast the current is or how deep it is. It's just sticking Sticking to Jesus and he'll get you across that stream and over to the other side call heaven. Stick with Jesus in this life and stick with him and he will get you across whatever stream you have to face. That's what it means for him to be our shepherd. Final imagery I want to share with you is the shepherd gathers his scattered sheep. Now if a sheep got away from the flock, fell down, got messed up and got hurt, The shepherd carried a ram's horn with him, and the ram's horn was filled with olive oil, which has tremendous healing qualities. And the shepherd would take the ram's horn, pour that oil out, that olive oil out, and begin to apply it to wherever that sheep had gotten cut, hurt, was bleeding, etc., to bring healing to that sheep. Part of what the shepherd did was bring healing through that oil to the sheep when he strayed away and got hurt. Oil in Scripture in the New Testament is symbolic of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons God has placed the Holy Spirit inside of us is that He is God's ram horn of healing oil in our lives. The Holy Spirit is in us to bring healing to our lives. If we will just open ourselves to His healing power. The Holy Spirit has been placed in every person who has decided to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit in your life is to bring the power of God's healing into your life and to bring His total restoration to wholeness into your life. Notice that it says, speaking of what this shepherd does here in these verses... He will tend his flock, verse 11, like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. Now, if you go back earlier in that passage of Scripture, it speaks of how strong his arm is. Verse 10, Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. That strong arm is the same arm where it says, He will gather his lambs in his arms. Arms. The shepherds had an interesting way of dealing with their sheep when they failed to heed their call. If the shepherd 
was out with his sheep. And they knew, had them all named. And there's a sheep that's wandering away, doing his own thing. Shepherd would start calling him. Now, I got a dog named Reggie, okay? So I'm just going to use his name for a sheep, okay? And if y'all knew Reggie, you would know he would fit perfectly the definition of a strange sheep. All right? We had the nativity over at the house the other night. He's in the window just barking his head off. Someone's, you got a dog. Yeah, I got a dog. I wanted to put him in the nativity, but I knew he'd be chasing people all over Rocky Mountain if I put him in the nativity. Become a horror show. But anyway, so Reggie the sheep's out there, and he decides he's going to go do his own thing. Going to stray from the flock. And so the shepherd begins to call, Reggie, Reggie. Doesn't pay any attention. Keeps on straight. So this is what the shepherd would do. He had a slingshot, and he pulled that slingshot out and put some pebble, a pebble in it, and he would aim it towards the sheep and let that thing go, and that little pebble would hit the sheep. Not hurting the sheep, but getting the sheep's attention. Hey, you're not listening to my voice, so you're going to get nailed with a pebble. Listen up. Shepherd's trying to get your attention. Sheep keeps on going, Reggie. And listen, all right, I'm going to hit you with another pebble, except this time it's going to be a little bit tougher and a little bit closer and a little bit harder. And I'm going to keep on using this slingshot to shoot pebbles at you, and they're going to get a little bit tougher every time until you pay attention and turn around and get back with the flock. Folks, some of us are getting hit with pebbles in life because we're not listening to the Lord. And God is trying to say to us, I've been calling your name, but you're ignoring me. So now i got to shoot a pebble over and hit you with it to try to get your attention. And I'm going to keep on pecking you with pebbles until you, I get your attention. I don't want to hurt you, but you're not listening. And if you won't listen to my voice, then you force me into the slingshot business. And folks, if we want to sit there and get a mound of rocks behind us because the Lord keeps shooting us with pebbles because we will not listen, He'll keep on doing that because that's how stubborn and committed the love of God is to us. So when God begins to ping your life with some pebbles, that's the time to say, Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to listen. Maybe I need to take in, Lord, what you are saying to me because you're trying to say, get back to where I am and get back to my leadership and get back to where the shepherd and the flock are. Verse 11 says, He will carry them in His bosom. The interesting aspect of that statement there is in the ancient Near East, the shepherds in their robes had a foal inside of the robe. And what they would do if they had a lamb that couldn't make the journey or was having trouble, they would pick the lamb up and open the robe, and this fold was big enough that they could put the lamb into the fold, put the robe back over top of the lamb, and then hold the lamb close to them. And then the lamb could make the journey inside that fold. That's the picture that he's using here. And when you and I can't make it in life, God doesn't stand there and look at us and beat us up and get all down our case. He says, let me pick you up. Let me put you in the fold. Let me hold you close to myself. And we will make this journey together. 
And at that point, the lamb was moving in the strength of the shepherd. And when he picks us up and he holds us to himself, we are then moving in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ and not our own strength. Psalm 23 and verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's His goodness that's following us all the days of our life. And that's why we can trust Him. You don't have to worry when you follow Jesus about what's creeping up on you because the goodness of God is what's creeping up on you. Surely His goodness and His mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When I turn around, I see the goodness of God, the holiness of God that is casting His wonderful, awesome shadow on my life. And that's where we walk in. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our call, our responsibility as His sheep is simply to do one thing. That's listen to Him and follow Him. Just be obedient to Him. I want to give you a moment in prayer to talk to Him about whatever you need to talk to Him about this morning. If He's shooting some pebbles into your life to get your attention, say, Lord, help me to realize you're trying to get my attention and help me to listen to you. If you just need to, to listen to Him for the first time, or ask Him, Lord, help me to discern your call, hear your voice. He has got 66 books called the Bible filled with his voice. We just need to read it and listen to him. If you need his peace, his wholeness, his rest, then ask him to lead you into it. Lord, thank you that you are our shepherd. That your goodness follows us all the days of our lives. Jesus, we bless you and praise you this day. Teach us to follow you. In your name we pray.